This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by Free Play Florida. Guys, you do not want to miss it. It is one of the greatest conventions going on today. And it's all about retro gaming, which is something here at the Happy Hour with Johnny Deuce. We absolutely love and adore. They've got all your retro game favorites from classic consoles to also your favorite classic arcade cabinets. And don't forget that the Happy Happy Hour Hour with Johnny and Deuce is the official podcast. And of course, your boy Deuce is the voice of Free Play Florida. You don't want to miss it. Johnny, when is Free Play Florida? It's going to be November 11th through the 13th, 2016 at the beautiful Double Trier Hotel in Orlando, Florida. Johnny, who all is going to be there? We've got the amazing CEO and spokesperson for Sega, Nathan Barnett, as well as video game historian Walter Day, and creator of some of the biggest titles, Rampage, Xenophobe, Disc of Tron, Satan's Hollow, Star Trek Voyager, and many more, Mr. Brian Colon, pinball designers Gary Stern and Jersey Jack will be there on display with their beautiful pinball machines, player of the century and star of King of Kong, Billy D. Mitchell, and world record holders Richie Knuckles and Todd Rogers will be there on display. And speaking of world record holders, there's going to be multiple world record attempts going on that weekend on a ton of different games. You don't want to miss it. You want to be there at the Doubletree by Hilton in Orlando. November 11th to the 13th. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. Hello, Internets. My name is Johnny Womack. Of course, i got my main man, Deuce. What's up, man? Hey, man. This is the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. We're a twice-weekly podcast dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays for your listening pleasure. And every single episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce starts off with a good old Deuce salute. Yes, sir. <sighs> good times. For Harambe. For Harambe. <laughs> cheers, man. Cheers, cheers. cheers. And of course, we love to have friends with us on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. And of course, on on uh, via Skype uh, on the show, uh, we actually have uh, a good friend of yours uh, yes. from the Player One Video Game Bar. She's also the Serenity uh, cosplay. Uh, Jordan Irvin is here with us on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Uh, yes. Welcome to the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce, Jordan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries. Well, I found you during uh, MegaCon, which I know is the world's worst time to contact people, because I did. I messaged you, and I was like, I know you're super busy, but uh, whenever you get this, get back to me. And we finally were able to connect via Facebook and kind of set this up, because I I know you from Player One, because I've been a member there forever. I think my member number is like 10 or something stupid. Um, But... You know, from there, but also your cosplay and also working around Orlando. And we we just wanted to have you on and kind of get to hear your story and kind of get a little bit behind the bar, you will, with one of the the game tenders at Player One, but also kind of get behind the cosplay, too. Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of um, Player One. I was actually a regular for about a year before I was looking to quit one of my other jobs. And I was kind of hanging out there and kind of stressing about looking for another job. And um, one of the game tenders up front, she's like, oh, my God, please, please, please apply. And so I was like, yeah, I would love to. So I did and almost immediately got an interview. And within 20 minutes of my uh, interview, I got hired. Wow, that's so awesome. It was, it was, it was really a very cool short interview. Well, awesome. Well, uh, actually, was it Katie the one you spoke with up front? Yep. 
I, original Katie. <laughs> yeah, the original Katie. I kind of figured that that's who it was because Katie has been a staple there, and she used to, to she used to be kind of the front of the house woman, if you will. Like she kind of ran the front of the house stuff for for a long, long time until she finally moved on to other stuff, and and she's always great. Um, uh, but we wanted to ask you, and we're going to definitely get back more into Player One, but first I wanted to ask you about your cosplay, because that's kind of what brought me to the party a little bit, because you do some stellar Back to the Future cosplay, you do all kinds of amazing cosplay, so what got you into cosplay? So I actually got into cosplay a little late in the game, and it kind of makes me sad that I've missed so many years of it, but uh, I used to love Halloween, it was always my favorite, because I love dressing up, and then I... Uh, was always a huge part of the nerd culture, the nerd world, and I absolutely loved it. And then somebody went to me and they're like, hey, like, have you ever gone to a convention? And I said, no. And they started telling me about it. And then my mom brought me to Dragon Con 2014. So, I mean, like, I got really, really late into it. Yeah. And I fell in love with it and absolutely loved all the cosplays. I didn't really know that there was a cosplay community out there. And... um I fell in love with it. I had four years of uh, being seamstress in college. Like I have been sewing. I love costumes. And so as soon as I fell in love with it, I immediately started doing it. And um, then when I started working at player one, it just helped me like find time to constantly be making them. And I've, I've really liked it and I can sew them, but I, I prefer to thrift. I like to put pieces together and kind of make things from nothing. Well, no, and I think it's one of those things where it's definitely a creative outlet, and especially working at Player One, it's a really cool uh, way to do that because for, for our listeners out there who live under a rock and don't know where Player One is, it is a huge video game bar in Orlando that serves craft beer and sake and wine, and it's got tons of video games. But one of the selling points, at least to me, what kind of first turned me on to the place was all of the game tenders are in cosplay every night. So, and I thought, A, that was really, really cool, but also being a cosplayer yourself, that's got to be cool because, number one, A, I can write off some of my cosplay on my taxes, and two, uh, you know, you get to kind of ex ex expose your cosplay to new people, but also it gives you a really good excuse of, oh, I got to get this cosplay done because I need it for work on Friday or, you know, whatever. Yeah, recently, uh, we actually, I think like a month or so ago, we had a World of Warcraft event. Yeah, when the movie and, came out. Yeah, when the movie came out. And um, one of the bartenders, she's a huge World of Warcraft fan. Um, I know a lot about it, but I've never played it myself. I only just recently got into PC gaming. So um, a lot of the girls were kind of like, okay, we'll kind of figure something out. Most of us got our cosplays together within a course of like 24 to 48 hours. And it actually came together really, really cool. We all helped each other out. It was really fun. Well, I've got to say what I, I think one of the things that I love about Player One is it's such a family environment. Not just the, the people like myself that are members that go and, and drink and have fun, but also from Tara to Katie to Jeff to to you and all the other girls that are there. It's a family environment, and you guys hang out. Like, you guys all do the poll class together and everything. Like, there's a lot of things you guys do outside of Player One together, like, as a big group and as a family. Yeah, definitely. I've I've gotten so so close to these girls. Um, I I could exactly call it a family. I've always been able to go to them. Like I've had some rough times in the past year, and the fact that I can just kind of sit and talk to them is really really nice. 
that I just feel so comfortable talking to them about anything, hanging out with them, everything like that. And we have so much fun uh, outside of it. Um, pole class is a big, big bonding experience that we've been doing. Um, every year for Horror Nights, we go together in groups as well. So. Well, and I think that that's one of the things, at least to me, besides the video games, because, I mean, I've been a, a video game nerd forever. That's part of the reason why we started the podcast, because we, we love games. But um, just the kind of the family environment they have there of just, like, everybody that's a member and that goes there, like, and it's drinking. It's like a bonding experience, but you've all got a common ground because you all are gamers and like gaming and, like, you know, anime and, like, you know, sci-fi and all these different things. So it kind of you've got like a jump off point to talk to somebody, even if they're completely, you've never met them before in your life. But also I love that kind of family. Like I, I call it the player one family because it's true. Everybody from, from Jeff to the, uh, the game tenders to the, even the clients. I mean, we're all a big family. We all kind of stick together. And to me, that's really important. Like, I mean, it, it, it means a lot to me anyway. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, when uh, we actually had, when the uh, the Pulse shooting happened, the very next day, Jen and I were actually behind bar, and uh, we had a group of regulars and some uh, employees just kind of came, and, like, we just kind of had a little area where it was just, it was nice and quiet. We kept it very mellow that day. A lot of people had lost someone, and in the bar, we just kind of kept it very general, very respectful, safe space there, and... Um, a lot of people told us that it really meant something to them that they could go there and kind of just deal with the tragedy that happened as well as kind of distract themselves at the same time. And it, it was nice. I felt really good that I could be there for people and that we could create that space at no, that time. No, and I think it was good too because bringing up the pole shooting, like, one of our good friends lost his sister at the Pulse shooting, so I think no matter how far out you reach, it kind of affected everybody in this area. Um, and for Player One to do that, and then also, if I remember correctly, Player One did a couple charity events uh, for Pulse after the shootings and did a lot of things for you know charity um, because uh, Player One has done a lot of stuff like that to give back, but. Uh, and that's what I think I love about the bar, too, because you do create a safe space for people where they can come and when they're going through something. I know I've been through several really rough patches in my life, and Player One is kind of my oasis, if you will, where it's like, okay, I can come here and I can get away for two or three hours and just leave all my problems at the door when I come in and just know they're going to be there when I leave, but at least for these two or three hours, I don't have to think about it. So, Yeah, it's really nice. I've... um. I've gone through two birthdays, a really bad breakup, a first date there. It's I've gone through a lot there, and it's kind of nice to find it, kind of call it my home now. Well, and I think for a lot of people, at least I can say for myself, I call it a home away from home for me just because it's a place that I love and a place I love going um, and just a place that really just has a big piece of my heart. Uh, we were joking the other night, actually, at my house about how when I get cremated, I want and my ashes put in different places. And I said I want some put at Player One, and I actually have the the uh, Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce legal department working on that as we speak. He said I don't know exactly how I'm going to get a place of business to put your ashes in there, 
but I'm going to get to the bottom of it. So our lawyer is currently, as we speak, working on writing up some sort of contract so maybe they could put like a – I said, I want it above the bar where you've got all the statues right above all the bar tabs. I said, and you could put it like in a little vial and make it look like a healing potion or something. <laughs> but just put it like right up there, and I want a little light in it so it's lit up at all times. That's and I said, fun. I want it to sit up there, like maybe like a little light-up healing potion or something. But Because it blend in with all the other motif that's up there. Right. So That's funny. So, I my next question before we get into more cosplays and you work in Halloween Horror Nights and all that funny stuff, do you have any good Player One stories for us? I'll definitely say, I think some of the most fun times I've had have been at events, and they've been, like, crazy, crazy busy, but I love, like, we had the 90s party, um, we always have 90s parties, but this was the first one when I was working there, um, I think last summer, back when I was, before I was bartending and um three of us dressed up as like powerpuff girls and i really liked it because it was the first time where i really noticed the clientele that comes to player one and how like comfortable and how nostalgic everyone gets um like one of our favorite people that came in was dressed as calvin and he had like a little stuffed hobbs and um we just automatically like fell in love with him just because it was so nostalgic and then we had People coming in um, as like Powerpuff Girls and Power Rangers, and it was like, to ha- like it's kind of nice because a lot of people wait all year, like cosplayers, to go to these conventions and cosplay. And here at Player One, we're like, any day is cosplay day, like come dressed anytime. And I just loved it because I was like talking to people about their cosplays and everything like that, and that kind of also helped inspire me to like enjoy the cosplay more. Um, but that was my my very very first experience of how like much I started really liking working there. But you actually brought up a good point during that story, and that is I love how it's such an open environment for cosplay because we've done we've done my birthday there I think two or three times where we all cosplayed because we're all cosplayers ourselves. So we all cosplayed for my birthday. I know we did the big Megacon party that one time because I drove you and 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 your wife Brandy. Um, and but I I like how. It doesn't even matter what day it is. It could be a random Tuesday night and you see a couple people come in on in cosplay just because, you know, A, because a lot of people that go there work for, you know, the, either the mouse or for the studios. And because of that, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday might be their Saturday and Sunday. They don't have normal hours like the rest of us do. So, like, you'll see them come in and cosplay just any random time. And I think that's, to me, that's just really, really cool and adds a little extra flavor to it, if you will. Yeah. Uh, I actually had a question for you, Jordan. Um, what type of games do you play? Video games? Like, uh, do you have any favorite like systems? Do you play anything currently? You PC person? Like, what what type of games do you like? Um, I I'm mostly Xbox. I still have my 360. I'm not uh, up to date with them. Um, I'm actually building my own computer right now. Um, oh, cool. because. Yeah, so I'm getting used to that one, um, but I definitely like a very much story-based ones. Um, Bioshock is hands down my favorite video game of all time, um, followed closely by Portal. I'm currently, though, playing through the Mass Effect series, because mm. one of my friends found out I hadn't played it, and she bought me the whole set, so I'm on, I'm like halfway through the second one. Oh, nice. But, yeah. <laughs> and every time I play a game, I'm like, oh, that's a cosplay one. So... <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a really good series. And, of course, they have the new Mass Effect Andromeda coming out um, whenever. I don't know when it's coming yeah. out. Uh, maybe next year at some point. Um, but, yeah, that's what's so great about video games is like everyone has their own, like, taste and their own way to, you know – uh, escape, a form of escapism, if you will, like you're able to escape. And the cool thing about video, uh, ga- uh, <laughs> the cool thing about uh, Player One is that you you get to escape in like the bar atmosphere, but you also get to escape into the video game. So you kind of have the best of both worlds, you know. Yeah, and it, like, and that's what I like too, is because you get to escape like the normal bar atmosphere because it's not like people watching sports and people, you know, like it's more like the video games. Because I remember. And it may, it may, it may, it may should not tell this story, but I remember in the early days, I don't know if they still have it, but they used to have cable. Like, you used to have DirecTV in there. I don't know if they still do because, like, every once in a blue moon, Jeff might let me watch, like, a football game in there. And I remember one night I was there, and he let me watch Raw when I was there. And I was like, well, you know, gamers like pro wrestling, too. And he's like... Okay, Deuce, if you want to watch Raw, go ahead. And that was when Raw was actually in Orlando. I think that's the other thing that put it over. He's like, well, if it's down the Amway and it's on TV, we'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, normally they always have them on the video games. But that's kind of cool, too, because it's not that dude bra kind of, you know, atmosphere. It's more of a laid-back adult atmosphere. Well, also, we got to let the listeners know at home that haven't been to Player One that they actually have actual consoles there, too. Uh, so like whenever you know any big games coming out, they'll have tournaments and like Smash Brothers, for example, yeah. and all that stuff. So you get to not only get to go in and play the arcades and pinballs and all that, but you get to actually play some consoles as well, which is really nice. No, and I love that, and I love how. And this is another thing for for people at home that haven't been. When you walk in, there's the main bar that has all the draft beer and everything because they only have craft beer, but they have one, two, three, four TVs behind the bar. And you can help me with this now, Jordan. It's a Wii U. It's two PlayStation 4s and an Xbox One behind the bar, correct? Unless you change it on me. It's two Wii U's. So we have usually Mario Kart on one of the Wii U's. And and Smash on the other. Smash on the other. Yeah. Um, now, instead of the two 360s, we have a PS4 and a 360. Okay, so there's not an Xbox One behind the bar, just yeah. a, a 360. No. Okay. Now, it's actually, that, we, that, do, we do have an NES too. Oh, yeah, you had the classic NES because you've got that one old-school big-butt TV at the end with the like the incredible Hulk hands on it, which people always play. What I love is you've got all the new systems there, and then people are always gravitating to that old NES. And that's not e- even mentioning they have these really cool things, guys and gals out there. Basically, I like to call them like a, a gamer's lounge. Basically what it is, it's it's your own personal TV, and it's like a little love seat where two people can play. And then they have the classic uh, consoles hooked to them. Like there's one with a uh, Sega Genesis, one with a Nintendo 64, one with, the I think, a, a Wii. Um, I'm missing one because there's four of them. But it's got all your classic games. And plus, he's got a lot of consoles in the back, and they'll even switch them out. Like, they brought a Dreamcast out there one time I saw, and they had a Sega Saturn they brought out one time. And you can, I guess you rent those. Jordan, you're the game tender, so I'm going to let you do the sales pitch here. But I think if I remember correctly, it's if you have a bar tab open, and as long as you have two drinks an hour, you can stay in it pretty much as long as you want. Yeah, um, the only ones that have, like, a charge on them are the new ones, the Xbox One and PS4. Okay. Because as much as we love them, they're very high maintenance, um, and people will play them for hours and hours, and they'll get overheated. 
So we do try to keep that just mainly as a maintenance fee. So like you can play for hours, but we kind of need that to make sure just in case they go kabooey, we can. Yeah, but what what you're saying is the classic ones, the little love seats I was talking about, the little gamers lounges that I like to call them, those you actually don't even charge for anymore. You only charge for the Xbox One and the PS4, and it's only like you have to have a bar tab open. You have to like have two drinks an hour or something like that. It's not a like ten dollar fee if i remember correctly yeah yeah we're not super strict on the two drinks an hour it's just more of a you know don't get like a bottle of water and then play for five hours yeah just which, like yeah keep it active, you, know, like, you know drink and play video games kind of you know spend it because we're mostly a bar and the, the games are all free so it's kind of like that's where we have our money is the is in the, the game yeah yeah uh, i actually had a question for you jordan like are you native from florida or where are you from originally I actually uh, have been living here all 25 years of my life. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm actually moving out of Florida for She's the first going to Atlanta. time in uh, December. Oh, yeah. okay. See, I'm a native Floridian, too, born and raised. So when I heard you were leaving, it it, it made me shed a small tear because I'm like, no! It's one of the true Floridians and they're leaving. Yeah, we you hardly... There's not a lot of us, man. we got to stick together. Yeah. So, but yeah. I'm too far away. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you're not going that far. And Atlanta is a is a great great place, so I don't I don't blame you at all on that. But to to, to kind of circle back to to player one before we jump on on you heading out is um it, I'm actually kind of glad that you're doing that with the PS one and the and and the Xbox or excuse me Xbox one and the PS fours because I actually had a problem with my Xbox one the other night where it, it's the first time ever it's overheated and it wouldn't eject the disc. And, and I literally had to unplug it from the back and then plug it back in oh, really? for the disc to come oh, out uh, because that's never happened before. I almost thought I was going to have to go after it with pliers, like get a pair of like needle nose pliers and like get the disc out. But no, I had to unplug it from the back and plug it back in. Now, albeit I was having a marathon gaming session, like I must have played for like six hours. So I'd been there for a hot minute, but. Literally. Yeah, literally a hot minute. But I just never had it because I, I've had my PS4 since launch because I won it from Taco Bell. Uh, and then I got my Xbox One for just a steal. Um, and so I've only had my Xbox One now, what, like a month? A month, yeah. Yeah. So this is my first time I really got to get really deep into it. But it just blew my mind about how it wouldn't spit the disc out. So I could see when, because literally you crank those things on at 3, and then they don't crank off again until like 3 in the morning when you close, where it would, they would, for lack of a better word, just fart out on you. Yeah. So. Yeah, we have a new system now where we actually have all the consoles are up front with the game tender. Really? And, um, yeah, all we do is we rent out the controllers to you, and you we tell you what station you're going to, and you go sit by that station, and we put the game in and everything like that. So that way, also, because we have a TV, if there's any kind of troubleshooting or anything like that, since the game tender has to stay up front, we can troubleshoot it from there. Instead of having to try to, you know, play a game of telephone where you have to go back and forth. Well, no, I think and that's cool, but what you're saying is the actual system itself is behind the bar now so then when you say hey i want to play the xbox one you say oh go to station seven and then somebody walks station seven plugs in the xbox one and puts a game in it and then there you go no we actually we have the um up front we have the stations there we just give you the controllers and then we just put the game in holy the station shit at 
Okay, so now I see what you're saying. So, yeah, it's right there where you guys are at. So, basically, it's just the video and the audio that's going to the TV. So, now you've got them wired behind the bar. That is flipping genius because that was always the problem because you'd have to go to this little window, and it was like, hey, you know, this game isn't working, whatever. And then the game tender would have to, like, go and look and deal with it while, you know, they've got people that are still trying to come in. You know that you have to check in and get their, you know, their five dollar fee to come in and everything. So, whoever came up with that is brilliant. Uh, I, my finger pointing is probably going to Jeff because he's a very, very smart man, and that sounds like something he'd come up with. But that is brilliant. Or also too with the stations that you said that have the classics. Um, we still have our Super Nintendo and our Sega Genesis right now. We actually and two Wii's. But we actually getting all four of those stations. Uh, raspberries. So emulators where we will have um, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, N64, PlayStation 1, Atari, like all of these things. And we just give you USB controllers and they're all on the system right there. So basically, how does the Raspberry run? Is that like a little box and it's got a controller going to it? Yeah, it's inside because since you've been there before, you know how you use the thing and put the games in. Inside, we have that um, sealed shut now because because all of the system is inside of it. All you do is you go on, you turn it on, put in your USB controller, and then turn it on the menu, and you just pick which console you want to play from and make sure you have the right controller, and you can play any of them. So there are emulators within the computer. Rather oh, well, than that's got to make it way cartridge, better. Cause... We now have emulators inside the yeah, because that's got to be way better because when I did it, like, don't get me wrong, like, the Sega, I think, had, like, some sort of emulator cartridge in it where you could go through all the games, but it was still a Sega. Same thing with the 64. It had, like, an emulator cartridge, but it was still a 64. Now I guess my question is, if you're playing the Raspberry, is there, like, four different controllers sitting there, like one for a Super Nintendo, one for a Sega, one for a 64? Is it, like, a generic controller that just you can play any of the games on, or how, how does that work? Well, you'll be renting out the controllers from the game tender just as you would for the lounge. Okay. Um, we'll have USB N64 controllers. We'll have USB Super Nintendo controllers. We'll even have uh, USB NES controllers. Any of those, like, we have them, but they're USB. They're actually a lot cheaper than, like, replacing a whole emulator cartridge. Right. So if someone spills beer on it or someone takes it or breaks it or anything like that, we had a huge problem with, the Super Nintendo, that's a little chip that sticks out of it. People thought that meant it was broken, so they'd slam it down into the uh, into the thing. So we had it. We we're trying to we're trying to make it where it's less of a problem for um, the customers, and it's also easier on us. So that way, yeah. we have full availability of all of our games at all times. So if someone messes up and spills beer on one controller, it's not going to put us back as much. You're not going to we're not going to be without a controller for as long as we would if someone had spilled it on a full emulator cartridge. Well, Jordan, I want you to explain one more thing to our listeners because you keep saying the word checkout. Now, explain what checkout means to our listeners. Like, if they're going and they want to play a game and, like, they want to play one of the games on the Raspberry and they want to play a Super Nintendo game, what do they do to check out a controller? Is there a fee involved? What's the deal on that? All you got to do is go up to the bar and open up a tab. We don't have a bar uh, tab minimum or anything like that. Just open up a tab with one of the bartenders. And then you go back to the girl that uh, let you in, took in your cover and everything like that. She has a full game rental, full game menu, everything like that. And just let her know what you want to play, how many controllers, and what the tab is under. Okay. And then it's not going to charge 
the customer, like say if me and Johnny go and we decide we want to play Super Mario World, so we need two Super Nintendo controllers, we're not getting charged for the controllers, we're not getting charged for the time, we're only getting charged for the drinks that we purchase. Yep, you don't get control. Uh, you don't get charged for any of that. That's mainly just to make sure who has what at any time, so that you know we know who has what controllers, who has what game. Right, but I, I just want to explain that for our listeners at home because guys, I cannot explain this to you enough. It's five dollars to get in. Now it's twenty one and over, for the exception of Saturday and Sunday. I think it's what it's from like three to something. It's under twenty one. Every day from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., it's any age. Okay. Um, and after 6 o'clock, it's 21 and up. Okay. And it's only $5 to get in, guys, which I cannot explain to you how awesome that is because they have all your old-school classic arcade games, but you don't have to put quarters in. It's free. So once you pay your $5 to get in, all the games are free. All you're paying for is what you're drinking. So... You really can't beat it, especially if you're a big video game fan because, I mean, don't get me wrong, not everybody's a deuce, not everybody drinks, but they do have sodas and they do have water. And you guys actually used to have a stellar root beer that was on draft for a long, long time. I don't know if you still have it. It was a non-alcoholic root beer, but it was really, really good. The non-alcoholic one is Eli's. Eli's, and it's delicious. And it's it, it's actually on tap, guys. Like, they go and they pull the draft tap just like they would a beer, but it's root beer. It's non-alcoholic. It's great. They have some other sodas and water and non-alcoholic drinks as well. So if you're not a drinker, which is fine because, hey, Deuce needs a DD too. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's always good to have your non-drunk friends with you too, but there's stuff for them as well. And you've got just a, a, a fabulous selection of craft beer. And the one thing i got to say about you guys is, you do such a good job of when people come in that are new to craft beer to kind of like baby step them. Because one of the things they added just recently, the last time I was there, which I thought was brilliant, they added this sign and it was like, what do you like? I like Bud Light or I like this or I like that. And it pairs it with a craft beer. So if you're like, I like Bud Light, it says, well, try a Mama's Little Yellow Pills and Pilsner. And or it'll say like if you like Yingling, try this beer. Like so, if you go into a place and you know that I like certain beers, it kind of gives you beers that uh, that are kind of like what you already like. But what I also like is you guys do a really good job of like if I want to sample something, I'm like, can I get a sample of that? They put it in these little, they're actually little beer shaped shot glasses, like with a little handle, and you can like try the beers out. And it's a great way to kind of learn and to try new things too because there's been beers I've tried there before that I would have never tried normally but I'm like you know what I'm here let me try it and I'm like wow that's really good so which how has your experience been with that Jordan were you like a craft beer fan prior to this I was actually um so I was constantly the DD in college so my alcohol knowledge was not like huge but when I started uh mixing I fell in love with bartending so I sort of reading up on all of it. And I went there and I, I, there was a little bit of beer I liked. I wasn't a huge beer fan. Honestly, working in a craft bar though, I've fallen in love with beer. I absolutely love it. And I think craft beer is like the best kind personally. Well, it, um, it, it is. And, and, and I've got to agree with you that wholeheartedly. Cause uh, I mean, I'm a big frat beer guy, as you could call it, because I like the Bud Light and the Natty Light and the Bush Light. Like I like the cheap, Cheap as you can get, as many as I could get. But, like, craft beer has such a great flavor, 
And there's so many different flavors and different ex- flavor experiences you can get with craft beer that you can't get with mass produced beer. Yeah. It's um some of the uh the flavors I've like I've tried have been like so weird and so crazy, but they're actually really good. And I, I think it's cool when you get people I'm like I go to them like, Do you like blueberry pancakes? And they're like, Yes and I was like, Just try this and it's really funny to watch people get so surprised that there's beer that actually tastes certain ways because you don't get that with a lot of just like kind of plain cut and dry domestics that a lot of bars have. Yeah, because with domestic, you're getting a domestic. But mm-hmm. speaking of domestic, we need to uh, we need to pay you some bills so we can buy some more beer. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more of the Happy Hour Johnny and Deuce. This episode, the Happy Hour Johnny and Deuce, is brought to you by Lakeland Zombie Fest Terminal V. Thousands of thousands of zombie enthusiasts are already planning their zombie costumes and apocalypse survivor gear. This year's Zombie Fest 2016 will include local bands and entertainers along with how-to and discussion panels. There will be several costume contests and cosplayers. Zombie Fest always has an eclectic variety of vendors serving food and sharing their merchandise. And don't forget also, there's tons of stuff for the kids. There's bounce houses, there's fun areas for the kids, there's face painting. Also, don't forget about the scare houses and the scare zones. Also, Scott Finster of Sci-Fi's Face-Off fame will be there live at the show doing zombie makeup effects. And he's also been on the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce multiple times. You definitely want to check it out. You're definitely going to want to go to Lakeland Zombie Fest. It's going to be from 2 p.m. till midnight at the Sun and Fun here in Lakeland. So go check them out. And don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with with Johnny and Deuce Deuce sent you. This episode of the Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce is brought to you by RetroGameTreasure.com Get real retro games for the old school consoles you love delivered to your door every month. They have consoles like the NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation 1, Game Boy, Game Boy Advanced, and more. Tell them the type of games you like and what games you already own so you don't get duplicates. You even get a wish list. It's not a rental service. And best yet, you keep the games. Use promo code HAPPYHOUR and save $2 off your first month. Learn more at RetroGameTreasure.com and don't forget to tell them that the Happy Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce sent you. And we're back with the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce. Of course, I'm Johnny. I got my main man, Deuce. What's up, man? And we have our good friend, Jordan Irvin, um, a.k.a. Serenity Cosplay. Uh, you can see her uh, at the video uh, Player One Video Game Bar. And uh, definitely, um, how do people find you on the internet, Jordan? Um, so I'm very active on Facebook. Uh, if I have a Player One page for Facebook. Um, and then I have my cosplay page as well. Um, it's just Serenity Cosplays on Facebook, and then on uh, for Player One, it's uh, Jordan at Player One. You Google search that, or if you want to put it in the address bar, it's Serenity forty two eighty four. Yeah, and your in your current Facebook one, your cosplay one is a Misty one, right? Your Misty cosplay. So they can look yep. for Misty Cos, uh, your Misty Cosplay, which I actually had a question for you because have you seen when, when Pokemon Go uh, got introduced, did you guys see an increase of people at your bar playing Pokemon Go? 
Oh yeah, because we are a Pokestop actually. Oh, I did. I uh, didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So player one is a Pokestop, and um, if uh, we try to put lures on, um, if not, if there's enough people there, people will drop lures. They'll drop a lure. Yeah. I guarantee you, every single night there is at least two to three lures dropped at the very least. That's cool. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty much why a lot of the girls have about like three, two to three Gyaradoses, because there's Magikarps everywhere. <laughs> nice. I thought she was going to say they have two to three backup batteries for their phones, <laughs> and they're just like switching battery packs out and like <laughs> using the quick chargers, because I could see that happening like through the course of the night, because it used to be back in the day. Now, this was, I, I don't know how much Tasha works there anymore, but she used to do a lot of like the DJing like off her phone because you had that little mixing board right there, the little tiny one, and they could plug, she could plug her phone into it and do all the music overhead, and then she would like DJ with it. And I know Homegirl had to be blowing her battery out like on the regular because like she would sit there like all night and DJ, and I'm like, how do you do this? You've got like a packed bar like full of people. You're throwing on good music, and literally she would like have the lever down with one hand and oh, with the left hand be like picking the next song, and I'm like – this is some like next level shit right here. Like I want to be on your level right now where I could like do bartend and play really good music that everybody's jamming out to and just, just on point at everything. So they've got it on a tablet now, the music and stuff. So it makes it a little bit easier for you guys. Yeah. We go back and forth between Spotify and Pandora. Oh, kind of just whoever's on bar just kind of picks different playlists. We all have like our own playlist too. So, Oh, that's nice. Well, I like it just because, like, depending on the bartender, you can kind of know what the vibe is because, you know me, I have we really weird taste in music. So, like, when certain bartenders are on whose names will not be named, I'm like, shit, it's going to be a long night because me, <laughs> me and her music taste do not get along. So, it's just like, this is this is going to be a long night. But then there's some girls that come where I'm like, we're in, we're in for the night, guys. Just fucking take my keys now. We're in for the night because she, me and her music taste goes together. But that's just like anybody. You're not going to please everybody all the time, especially with music because it's so eclectic. But right. there are definitely some people's their music taste I prefer better than others. Sure. Uh, what other cosplays have you done? Like just for the, those at home, I haven't checked out your Facebook page. Um, I've uh, so I just came back from Dragon Con and um, in Atlanta, and I did. My big one was I did a Lady Death. So um, my boyfriend is uh, Deadpool, and awesome. I kind of wanted to kind of join in on that and do my own little thing. And plus also it would kind of help me do more on, like, makeup. And uh, I had a lot of fun with that one. I actually uh, did uh, ask my roommate and best friend of, like, 11 years to uh, help me out. He makes custom corsets. So he actually made my corset for me, um, and then I did the cloak and the skirt, and I did all of my makeup, uh, hand-painted my makeup and everything like that, and uh, that was cool, but that one took a couple hours to do, uh, so that was a little bit exhausting, whereas that's why kind of my other one's a little easier. I just went as Zoe from Firefly, which is a little interesting because... Uh, I was kind of worried because I'm one of those, I try to do a lot of blonde cosplays and stuff that like really pays to my look. But I've looked at a lot of stuff on cosplay that a lot of people are saying it's really accepting to kind of do like crossplay where you kind of gender bend some of the characters or 
where um, you kind of like do colorblind um, cosplaying kind of stuff like that. And I, I've always loved Zoe's been one of my favorite characters on Firefly, and I've always been kind of hesitant to cosplay her. And I kind of really liked that I did it, and I got so much great feedback from it. And I'm blonde hair, blue eyes, and like white as paper and people absolutely loved it and I really appreciated it and I had a lot of fun doing that and kind of expanding something and trying something I wasn't sure was going to work. Well, your boyfriend did a really, really good wash, by the way. <laughs> and that's the... Oh, cool. That's awesome. That turned yeah. out really nice. So, they yeah. both turned out really good and I yeah. liked his wash and I love the two of you guys. Let me show that to Johnny too. They're back to the future. Oh, fucking yeah. Spot that's on, awesome. Man. Yeah. Like, that's really, really I, good. I love that one. And then at, if I remember correctly, it was at Megacon. You two both got your picture taken in front of the DeLorean with like their outfits. Yeah. And it looked great. It was really cool because the guy that has the DeLorean there, um, he rents it out for like special events. And then he was there at Megacon. Um, uh and he would take like you pay to get a picture with it and then you pay a little bit more to get a picture in it and we were walking by and he actually asked us if we would get pictures with it for him and um what was really funny was actually when you messaged me about coming on the show um i had actually just been stopped by someone the next day saying that they saw my picture on the internet um of us with the delorean and had been looking for us at the convention well, that's kind of like what got the ball rolling with me is I saw the picture of the two of you guys. And then for me, sometimes uh, I'm not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed. So sometimes it takes a little bit to put all the pieces together. So I was like, oh, this girl's really awesome. She's got really good cosplay. And then I started putting pieces together by some of my other friends. It's like, dude, that's Jordan from the bar. And I'm like, the fuck it is. And then like I, I asked, you know, Tara and a couple of people and they're like, yeah, dude, that's Jordan, she works out front, you dumbass. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, okay, well, that makes that makes more sense now. So, you know, so it all kind of came together, which worked out really good. But it was one of those things where it was just all the stars kind of aligned. Well, it's funny. I agree with Deuce because you do look different in your cosplay, which is a compliment to your cosplay because you, you literally – Look like a different person, even when you you're take doing on the persona, the right? Character. And when you did the death, the lady death with the makeup and all that, you definitely look like a different person altogether. So that, so good job, kudos. Thanks. <laughs> but no, and I think that's also one of the cool things too is that you know with the different cosplays, you can kind of, uh, you can try different things and do different things and kind of see what you you want to do. Um, and speaking of seeing what you want to do, we wanted to ask you about because we talked a little bit in the pre-show meeting. How are things going with Halloween Horror Nights, and how is that going? Well, um, I actually have my first shift on um, Thursday, so this upcoming weekend. Um, but uh, I will be bartending there Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturday nights. Um, I'm usually around the concert stage. Um, but I've actually been working at Universal for five years, just over five years. Started in college uh, working food line in the Monsters Cafe and uh, kind of as I once I graduated I started you know working seasonally as a vendor person that with a cooler of beer that I just kind of like hand out and um, and then I kind of got bumped up to bartending and I've actually really really liked it that's actually how I started bartending um, and uh, I've had a lot of fun with it and I'm excited 
uh, to do it again this year, it gets really, really crazy. It does get really our, crazy. Our bar in particular usually has about a 20 to 30 minute wait because <laughs> it's the first bar you see when you come into the park. So um, it gets crazy, but uh, it's really fun because Halloween's my favorite month. I love everything creepy and spooky and and I absolutely love that I get to work there. That's why it's cool with Player One. I'm like, I get to work in a place that I would spend my time otherwise, and I get to work at Horror Nights, where I would probably be if I wasn't working anyways. No, and I don't, I don't disagree with that at all because I mean, it's it's so fun, and and I like the Halloween Horror Nights event, and it's a number one. God bless you, and hats off to you dealing with all of us drunks at Halloween Horror Nights, and two. Hats off to you because that particular bar in particular gets super packed. But also all those little, I call them standalone bars because they're not actually in a building. It's something they just put up for the night and they take down. To, in my opinion, those are the hardest ones to work because it's not like it's not like you're working in a bar that's there 24-7 that was built to be a bar. It's like, no, they bring out this stuff to be the bar for the night and then they take it down because it's not there in the park the next day, and then they've got to put it up again, like in an hour, for her to start, you know, 30 minutes after that to start serving drinks to people. And it's, the turnaround time's quick, but it's tough. That's why we also have very basic drinks. Like, you won't be getting, like, rum runners or hurricanes or anything blended there as well. It's usually very, very typical, like, vodka cranberries, Long Islands, uh, rum cokes, stuff like that, like, you'll be getting very basic ones there, yeah. but it's a really good place to just kind of stop off right before you go into your house. Cause we're right at the entrance of the house too. So Which house and you you at should, the entrance of this year, this year, I think it's American horror story. Nice. It's always one that's behind the concert stage. Uh, last year it was American werewolf yeah. and before that was like resident evil. Is that two years? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, but, I know, but, well, I know uh, uh, silent Hill was back there. I think three, three or four years ago was yeah. silent Hill was back there. I've been going to Horror Night since I was like nine, so I all the houses kind of blend together on what they year. really <laughs> do. It, it, it's so funny because I had this conversation with somebody else because I'm not, I suffer from PTSD, so I have to be very careful when I go and who goes with me and things like that. So I don't get to go a lot, but when I do talk about it, the one thing that we all kind of agree with is the houses run together, and it's not because they're bad; they're amazing. But when you've been a few times, like they kind of all blend together if that makes any sense at all so well then they have they they rehash some of their classics too like yeah um i'm so glad that last year they brought back body collectors because when they had first debuted that one it was it was the best house i think it was i think it was nominated the best house that year and then the next year it was too and then the next year and then they got rid of it for a while because they started going into the more movies and tv shows yeah. And they brought it back last year, and I was really happy. And I think it was really nice and nostalgic for the part that, you know, I can remember. Well, and see, and that was a cool thing, too, because I think as Halloween Horror Nights fans, there's definitely been an argument between too many IP houses and too many uh, are not enough original IP houses. Like, they're getting tired of the Walking Dead houses and the, the Freddy and Jason houses and the Halloween houses. They're like, there's too many houses that are ips meaning intellectual properties like a, a walking dead or a movie or a tv show or something like that and there's not enough original ips original intellectual properties where basically a universal gets to create the house and create the story and make the theme on their own but 
I've got to say, I feel like they're starting to get the balance back again. Like the past two or three years, it seems like basically you've got about four to five houses that are IPs. Like this year, you've got um, American Horror Story. American Horror Story, Texas Chainsaw, uh, Walking Dead, as usual. Uh, you've got The Exorcist, and I think I'm missing one. But then there's five other houses that are are just all original IPs. They're completely uh, original. Plus, they have this year their first ever virtual reality house where you actually put a VR helmet on and you go through the house with a virtual reality oh, helmet really? on. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. That looks just badass because literally you're you're walking through the house with a virtual reality mask on. Oh, so that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I had a question for yeah. you. What do you get to wear when you get to bartend at Halloween Horror Nights? Um. It's just standard. We have a, a, a T-shirt. So whatever the, the season shirt is that a lot of people go out and, like, buy, that's usually what we have. Um, we usually have, like, bar crew on the side. Um, but, yeah, we have that one, so that way it's kind of promoting the event. And just, like, black pants. I, I mean, we're usually pretty comfortable, casual back Well, then. yeah, you definitely, because there's a lot of craziness going on, a lot of people in costumes and cosplays, you want to be able to differentiate no, they yourself. they can't wear costumes anymore. No, what do you mean? Halloween Horror Nights, you can't wear costumes anymore. No, no, no. I'm talking about like the people walking around the monsters and stuff. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The so employees, you have a lot, you, yes. The employees, you have a lot of craziness going on, so you have to be able to differentiate yourself between that and that way at least you have like the, the bar crew and people are like, all right, this is the person that can get me my drink. Yeah. yeah. So that's always good. But I also like that they let them be in something comfortable because basically yeah, they're just yeah. wearing the T-shirts that you can buy that say right. like Halloween Horror Nights on the front. It's got all like the houses on the back. Right. And, you know, so they're in something comfortable because – a, I would hate to have been in something like a collared shirt, but also on the flip side of that coin, I, I'm glad that they're not making you wear like spaghetti strap halter tops either. So sure. you know, you're something that makes you feel comfortable as a person too. So yeah, save those for the Jello shot girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, the poor Jello shot girls are in the spaghetti straps, and it's Titty McGee crazy. But at least for everybody else, they let them wear normal clothes. So. Yeah. Um, I asked since it's the Halloween theme. Uh, what are some of your favorite scary movies? Ooh, um, Cabin Woods is down my favorite one because I'm a huge Joss Whedon fan. Yeah, I grew up on Buffy and Angel and Dollhouse and Firefly, so I love it because it's a smart, uh, intelligent horror movie. Um, but I'll watch the really bad ones too. My favorite thing to do when I've had a bad day is come home and troll Netflix for the one star and two star rated <laughs> horror movies. Yeah. Um, actually, for the past two years, I'm going to do it again this year, which is insane with working horror nights and player one. But um, I always do a, a challenge myself where I watch 31 horror movies in 30 one days and it starts at midnight on October 1st and ends at midnight on November 1st. Wow, that's good. And uh, I try to watch all new ones because I love scary. I've heard more scary. So, yeah. and I fell in love with it because I looked exactly like the little girl in it, uh, oh, yeah. Carol Ann. Mm -hmm. And I kept people telling me that and I finally went to my mom and I was like, mom, I gotta know who they're talking about. And she was like, alright, but I will sit here and I will be right next to you and if you get scared at any time we'll turn it off and i fell in love with it that's awesome and then uh, yeah it's like and then i just i also love special effects though too so oh, yeah. that's why i like the lady death thing i'm like i love doing like special effects like that or if you've ever seen my sonya blades at a uh, player one i'll have usually like a black eye and i'll have like scratch marks and bruises. Like, <laughs> 
Well, I definitely got to give you one to put on your list for a recommendation when it comes to bad horror movies, and that is the cult classic Zombie Beavers. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix now. It's like a sci-fi original movie, and it's about zombie beavers, and it is hilarious. That's fantastic. I haven't watched that one yet, but it keeps suggesting it to me. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not going to scare you, but have a couple nice craft beers, and you will have a good hearty chuckle because it is just it's just funny as hell. Like well, I really enjoyed it. It's funny. Deuce and I used to work uh, for a uh, a now defunct uh, video I think rental. We say their name now that yeah, they're bankrupt. Blockbuster. Yeah, Blockbuster. We used to work for Blockbuster, and yeah. so what they would do is anytime a any movie would come out, you get like a really bad B movie version of it. And so like when uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out, like the 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 updated version, they would have like Texas Machete. Uh, Sometimes it killing. wasn't even that. It was like the North Texas. Power saw, yeah, yeah, bad experience or something like they would got it as close as they could without getting their ball suit off, yeah. and it was nine times out of ten the asylum yeah. that makes like the Sharknado movies and makes all like the really bad sci-fi movies. Yeah, it's really really. And funny. They were so good, and then you and then you get movies that are like you know actually really really good that you didn't really know about. Like I don't know if you ever heard of a movie called Session Nine. Yeah, that one's like I've heard of it. Yeah, it's really good. It's it's about the it's about these people that are uh, it's more like psychologically thrilling. Like it's all in your head, uh, and it's about these people that are, are there are contractors that are going to clean up a psych ward, and they end up finding tapes and stuff. And like you get to hear like sessions and how crazy people are, and like it's just really creepy and eerie. And that's one I definitely recommend to people that haven't checked it out. It's been on Netflix a bunch of times. I don't know if it'll be Netflix likes to. You know, uh, cycle through depending on the time of the year. So they yeah. might put it in October or whatever. But that's the one I love. Well, usually I will give Netflix credit this, and I understand because they have to pay like licensing fees to these movies. But usually around you know September October, they get really good about trying to cycle in as many because usually that's when like the Nightmare on Elm Streets and like the the uh, Friday Thirteenth movies will start cycling back in that are on the streaming, so you don't have to get them. Which those are some of my absolute favorites, but I think, and just to go a little bit off topic for a second, me and you definitely kind of did the Quentin Tarantino approach when we worked at Blockbuster. We both, because you could kind of rent movies for free when you worked at Blockbuster. Yeah, you got five free rentals a, a week or, or something like that. I don't even remember. I yeah. was renting them left and right, but um, basically, like, I would go through all, like, the B-movies and the cult classics and really kind of, like, build my repertoire. Like, that's where I found, like, Evil Dead and... You know, Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness and yeah. a lot of, like, Reanimator, like, the the classic horror movies and B-movies and kind of build an appreciation. Yeah. That's how I fell in love with uh, Christopher Nolan because Christopher Nolan didn't really get huge until, the, like, like the Batman movies. And, like, yeah. I remember Memento was, like, his first real movie. Oh, that Memento he, was terrific. Yeah. yeah, it was excellent. But, like, he did a bunch of really great movies. And I remember, was, like, going through and being like, I want to rent everything that he's done. And so you kind of... It's so different now with movies because Netflix, you go on there and you just flip through and all that. But like, it was a little bit of a more of a challenge and more of like a funness to like go in and just like randomly go through the aisles and not know what you're looking for, and yeah. then just randomly find something based on the on the way the box art looked. Yeah, it just it, that stuff was uh you know you don't really you miss that now. You yeah, know? 
And it's funny that you say that because, like, in my apartment, I still do now that I, I own my own home. I have, like, uh, basically walls with movie posters, and they're by directors. Like, in my apartment, I had a Kevin Smith wall, and I still have a Kevin Smith wall in my home with all, like, my Kevin Smith movie posters. But also what I had at the time, because I'd really gotten into him really big, and you're going to have to help me on this, the guy who did Seven and Fight Club, David Fincher, um, like I had all of his movies up on one wall. So I had right. like seven and fight club and the game and like all of his movie posters were up on one wall because I just, at that time, like I just really liked his stuff. I'm like, this guy's got a great style. He's right. got a great, just kind of like his, his art kind of speaks to me. Cause, and, and that's the fun thing you can do. And, and Halloween's a great time to do it because a lot of great directors come from horror movies because they start with these low budgets and, and then they kind of like, get a couple horror movies under their belt and then they're like oh well they can do a lot with a small budget and then they entrust them to do something with a little bit bigger budget sure. which yeah. is really cool mm -hmm. yep. well jordan before we let you go we got to ask you about your amazing adventure you're about to partake on to the to the big city of atlanta Georgia, hotlanta hotlanta if you will the aka dirty south up there what atl yeah the atl which by the way if you haven't started watching that new atlanta show that's on fx with uh childish gambino uh chris christopher glover you gotta watch it that show is phenomenal but anyway i wanted to ask you about your uh, experience with going up to atlanta and kind of just like what's the next chapter for you well um, I've actually been acting for 16 years. I actually have my bachelor's degree in it and everything like that. Um, another reason, I like dressing up. <laughs> but uh, I actually recently, uh, when I graduated, I was trying to find where I kind of wanted to go because as much as I love Orlando, it does not have a huge um, theater or film base. Uh, so I was kind of trying to look at other places. I had briefly lived in L.A., um, but, and so I was kind of looking at that, but it was really far away from home. So I wasn't huge on it. Um, and going to conventions, um, I've been talking to different like actors and um, casting agents and just technical people that have worked on the technical side of like TV shows and movies and just kind of talking to them, feeling it out. They were definitely kind of like saying Atlanta is a really good place, kind of up and coming. It's not super known about like LA is, uh, for film and theater, but um, it's getting there. So I was like, that's kind of nice because it's not too far away from home. Um, it's kind of up and coming. And then recently after I made that decision, all of a sudden Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, Spider-Man, um, the new Avengers movie, Civil War, like they're all being filmed up there. Um, and of course, if you check out like any TV show, like Stranger Things, Walking Dead, at the end it says filmed in Georgia. So I was like, well, that's, pretty awesome so I kind of made that decision to go up there and um, my boyfriend's actually an actor too and when I told him that he was living in Chicago and uh, he actually he's like he liked it up there but he grew up there so he's kind of looking to go away from Chicago so um, he was like yeah let's do it I'm all for it so we went to DragonCon this year kind of looking at the areas kind of talking to some casting directors some actors some tech people and kind of getting ourselves established and uh my best friend actually just moved up there too so we'll have someone to, to know to kind of stay with when we're looking for houses and apartments and stuff like that and uh it's exciting i'm gonna go up there and start auditioning for things like crazy um hopefully because recently this past year i have 
I've only been doing kind of like cosplays for the for the bar because I haven't been able to work on any of my big cosplays that I've kind of started or like are half done or <laughs> are in the rendered stage <laughs> mm -hmm. because I've been working, you know, like three jobs to kind of save up to move. Um, so I'm hoping I'll be able to work on that more. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited. <laughs> well, we're very excited for you. We and from the happy hour with Johnny and Deuce, we definitely wish you the best of luck. Definitely. And uh, how do people find you on the internet? Um, Facebook's a really big one. Um, go to uh, Facebook.com/slash Serenity Cosplays. The S at the end. Um, you can find my uh, cosplay page, or if you do um, Serenity forty two eighty four, is uh, my player one page. Uh, also, if you use Serenity4284, that's my Instagram. That's my gamer tag if you want to find me on Xbox. Um, that's my main one. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter, but I'm Jordan A. Irvin on Twitter. So any of those, <laughs> relatively simple. I'll kind of keep them the same. <laughs> awesome. Well, people at home, definitely go check out her stuff. And uh Tell her uh, the happy hour Johnny Deuce sent you. Definitely. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. Thank you so much. It was really nice talking to you all. Awesome. Well, you have a great night, Jordan. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You too. Okay, bye, bye, Jordan. Bye. Of course, that was the fantastic Jordan Irvin, um, a.k.a. Serenity Cosplay. Um, of course, she works uh, as a game tender at the uh, Player One Video Game Bar. Um, and you can see her at... Uh, at uh at the uh Halloween uh, Horror Nights. Halloween Horror Nights at the uh by the the main stage. Main stage. Right, which we believe American Horror Story. is right by the American Horror Story house, but it's right when you get in, you can't miss it. It's also right across from um the Monsters Cafe that's right there because that's where the main stage is right there. So it's going to be right next to that. And speaking of things that it's next to, things you can find us on on the internet you can find us on twitter at hh podcast show also you can send us your emails to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com don't forget we're going to have our good friend buck the mega buck from retro game treasure on soon and we definitely want to get your emails so put in the subject line ask the buck and you can send those to hhpodcastshow at gmail.com and don't forget to go to four don't forget to go to facebook.com forward slash happy hour podcast show and give us a like. And of course, soundcloud.com forward slash happy hour podcast show. And of course, when you're on the Twitter machine, there's not one, there's not two, but there are three hashtags. Hashtag happy hour. Hashtag happy, happy hour, hour podcast. Hashtag HH podcast show. And hashtag deuces on, on the loose. loose. Later. See you. Thank you.